We're sitting and kicking it with our first NCAA athlete, we think. He is a nine-time Big Ten champion, six-time All-American, two in cross-country, and the 2018 NCAA Outdoor 1500-meter champion. <laughs> he is also known as my arch-nemesis, my streak stopper, and my humble pie server. However, you may know him as the face of the Wisconsin Badgers middle distance crew. It's Ollie Hoare. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a, a slow... Meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. Alright, here David Rivage. Josh Kerr. David Rivage. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest C2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivage. Alright, guys, welcome back to another episode of Sit and Kick Podcast. I'm your host, David Rivage. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. So I guess. He said you're the 1,500-meter champion, but I kind of wanted to run it back to that whole year because, you know, Josh sets the NCAA record in Azusa. Um, I was, like, sixth in that race, so I actually beat you. I set the Division II record, but then you beat Josh at NCAAs, which in the like, process of elimination actually makes me the NCAA champion. Um, I guess if you look at it like that, yeah. Yeah, but to give you all the credit in the world – um, as a Division II athlete, we have zero stakes in the Division I meet. So as um, that meet goes on, me and my teammates always like draft who we think is going to win each event. And right. I was playing Fortnite with like Carlos Villarreal and some boys from Wisconsin. And this guy from Wisconsin, I can't remember his name, but he's like, yeah, man, like Ollie won the, uh, the our conference meet. He closed on like a 50 point. You know, I think he's going to win NCAAs. So then we go in now that I have insider information. I put you down to win and I put Josh to get third. I didn't know who would get second, but I knew you would win. And so from there, I told Josh, it's like in October, he's like, you didn't have that. You didn't have that. I'm like, dude, I had it. I had it picked. <laughs> Man, I, I, I guess that's a, that's a pretty – you got had an inside scoop there, so I don't know how legal that is um, <laughs> when it comes to gambling. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that was like a wild wild year for me in particular. Like I was looking up to boys like um, – I was looking up to you, Josh. I was. I really was. <laughs> I was looking Thanks. up to boys like Robert Zemanik and like a lot of those guys I've just seen throughout college just killing it. And I was like, I want to be there. So, like – I mean, that race in Azusa that we, we all did was, like, pretty wild when you, like, just looking at, like, the caliber of athletes. So, that's a lot of fun. I mean, like, personally, when I was walking through, like, I think what happened was Morgan was, uh, he was at dinner with a couple of the boys, um, alumni, and they actually didn't even watch the race. They looked at the <laughs> results, and they actually thought it was uh, uh, incorrect. They thought it was, uh, it wasn't, it was lagged. I was like, there's no way. They're looking at it, and they're trying to refresh it three times, and then they realized, oh, crap, I actually, uh. <laughs> something that's pretty wild so it was it yeah. was a fun race man I, and yeah. you know i remember it being terrible conditions and like i think from my point of view it was you know robert demanic ran really well at azusa that year and yeah. i was like if i can beat demanic then i think I'll, i'm gonna win the race and you know go into it and like he starts taking off like down the back stretch or something like that and i was like this seems way too quick but if i can outlast him i can outlast everyone else and then I outlasted him, and then I didn't outlast everyone else. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was one of those kind of situations where, like, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, I've been working hard. You know, I've been putting the miles in. Someone that beats me at this point, big up respect. Yeah, I'm, I mean, mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to give you an excuse, but I also heard you were quite sick, and I remember talking to you. You recover? Were you recovering from sickness, or were you? He uh, tells me it's an injury, so I want to know if it's an injury or sickness. Which I, one I, are you I, leaning I, on? I, I heard sick. I wasn't sure. Like, I knew. I yeah. think there's something going on. Not not to give you an excuse, but no, I like, like I, I don't I don't like to kind of like, and I didn't say it in my post race interviews because I don't I, I never want to take anything away from anyone else, and and I yeah. I was struggling a little bit with an injury, but like it wasn't, it was because I hadn't I wasn't able to do a ton of distance work going in, so I wasn't as strong as I normally would be, but I wasn't far off being 100%, mate. I really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was fun, and and that was the kind of. I was a start of, you know, the Ollie Ho show, like, you, you know, you started getting under the lights and, and getting all that pressure, you know, so, you know, I went out and graduated, Dave was, I don't know, somewhere in D4 and, and, and you were out there <laughs> doing your thing. So like, what was that like to, you know, take that title, stand on the podium and then just be like, okay, I've done it once. If, if I'm going to do it once, I'm going to have to like continue to be at a high level, in, uh, like for the throughout of my career to, to be able to sign a good contract. What was that like realization? Like, it's kind of wild. I mean, like I never, I, to have that kind of, I think, I don't know how you felt when you won your first as a freshman beating Cheserek as well, who's a big name. Like he, he was that, you know, it was an Edward Cheserek show before you came along. And then when I kind of came through after that race, I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, how do I, how do I be better than, than what I just achieved? And it's kind of tough. Like it's kind of stressful. And, uh, 
I mean, going into a lot of races and going into a lot of competitions, I was kind of struggling with the idea of like just overthinking everything, overthinking races, and I guess everyone else's um, idea of like, okay, Ollie should be winning this race, Ollie should be here or there. But like, I think for me, it was such a great experience to be able to 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 obviously come through with a big win, but then learn from everything after that. Like Milrose Games, where you are uh, <coughs> beat me, um, and was in that race as well. That race yeah. for me was a great learning experience of like, okay, this is what it feels like running fast. Like I need strength. I need to be able to kick down at a fast pace. It's not all just sit and kick um, in like races that are more tactical. And uh, for me, like every race I did, like, you know, people expected me to, to knock it out of the park, but I just kind of tried to ignore the target on my back and tried to say, okay, I need to learn from every race I do. And I think a lot of athletes that I've looked up to um, have done that. And like, you know, I, I went through races, like, I think mile uh, indoors, I was a favorite. Um, Jordy Beamish, you know, came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, now he's a, he, you know, he's a legitimate stud, but that was his breakthrough race. And I think for me, like, I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm not achieving what I need to do. But I, looking back at it, like, I competed in four other races and I, you know, I just needed to think about, like, okay, what, what can I do better? What can I do as a racer better now that I'm in the spotlight? And I guess that for me was just about learning and, and developing and racing. And like, I always needed to fine tune. It wasn't like, oh, I nailed it. I nailed it. I've, I'm finally tuning crafts. And I think you guys know that like every race you do, you can learn a bit more to like kind of sharpen yourself up. So that was pretty much my, it took me a while to get that mindset. And then eventually I realized that it really helped me uh, uh, junior and uh, senior year. Yeah. Or well, half a senior year, whatever. <laughs> so when you won in 2018, um, your girlfriend also won the heptathlon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia won the heptathlon. Yeah, I was kind of wild. She was, she was the favorite um, for the majority of the time. And, and it was kind of like I was, you know, I wasn't really there. And then she had uh, one day done and then I was competing in the final. And then when she realized that I won, she was like, oh, shit, pressure's on. I have to, like, deliver. So <laughs> she was stressed out. And I was trying to help her out with the 800 because, you know, that's the last event. And then six events down, you're just really wishing that you uh, didn't do sport. But <laughs> she really went through and she she killed us so that was a kind of a wild year for wisconsin in general like our program i don't think has ever experienced that and then obviously we had the morgan mcdonald uh <coughs> facade hang on after that with his you know whatever he did i don't think it counts though because i think he has some sort of secret wing resistance with his ears i gotta I, I go figure it out i'm still trying to figure it out yeah you're, you're yeah, still with your girlfriend time. right sorry you're still with your girlfriend, right? That's not a hot topic. No, I actually am. Yeah, I'm not. No. Oh, okay. No, yeah. so what? Um, so, like, obviously, with it's fine. Like, obviously, with okay. quarantine, like, because um, she's, she's, she's graduated two years ago, and, like, she's quite, she's uh, obviously trying to move on in the pro world for a heptathlon. It's quite difficult to do it in Madison. So, she's trying to move to California, and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do, where I might be moving potentially. Um, could be moving anywhere around the country. So, like, we kind of thought, you know, like we got to focus on our own goals, and but still, we still keep in touch. But yeah, she's not, she's not my girlfriend anymore. So <laughs> yeah, well, they, much, uh, to, much, to, about... much to the dismay of about thirty three hundred thousand Instagram followers. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say we'll delete <laughs> about six of our uh, questions then. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you can still ask it if you want. So um, yeah, you, oh, we will. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um, you brought up um, Morgan. So what was it like having the cross-country meet B in Madison because like you just came off the NCAA win um in the 1500 meter title and then like I remember division two talk we hosted a regional meet and there was hype there and that obviously yeah. is nothing in comparison to the division one national meet but what was that fall and then like after party whatever like what was that whole block period like do you guys did you guys hear the story you probably didn't hear the story about the officers I know you Josh you were obviously out of college so I was in so Wisconsin I was at the in, was, did you come I was, to our house I was I was invited, but we flew out that night, and I was like, if yeah. I would go to this, it'd also be kind of weird for me because like I literally know nobody. Like Dave's I'm not lame. even. I'm, Dave doesn't I'm, go at parties. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a party animal. Come on, Dave. Come on, mate. You gotta you gotta have a bit of fun. You gotta have a bit of, you gotta loosen up a little bit. No, so what happened was it was wild. Like we had a lot of pressure. Like obviously going in, you know, Morgan and I were were um, trying to push a big team thing. Unfortunately, we didn't get what we would achieve. But Morgan was coming off with a national win, and I was uh, an all-american in cross which was like a, a big goal for me anyway just to try and keep that range even though you know i prefer middle distance because cross sucks but uh i think i think her and i can relate to that but uh like <laughs> definitely 
it's just wild atmosphere here in like Madison because like Madison uh, heritage wise, we've had some great people. Like we have Mel Ahmed, we've had Maverick Darling. I mean, Evan Yeager was here for a semester. Do we really count him? I guess we do. But like, <laughs> like we had we had some wild fans. It was it was crazy. It snowed the, like the day before. It was yeah. a wild atmosphere. And then um, some amazing stories coming out afterwards because we um, we were hosting the post nats party. We're thinking, okay, like there's gonna be a lot of people here. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so I was out and I came back at nine o'clock. And usually, like these things don't start till like later on. I came back at nine o'clock. There was a line out my door of the house. There's about 500 people in the house, all different teams. It was actually what Angie Truard, who was from NAU, came to watch the race, was in in the basement, just hanging out near my room. Like, what the hell are you doing here, man? And then catching up with him, and then we saw all these like other like D3 athletes from D1, like all these people. It was just wild. Like, I mean, our bench got ripped out of the wall. Our fire screens got punched out. Um, I got you know i had a bit of a <laughs> bit of bit of fun um, and then obviously because it snowed like we only had two bathrooms and there's so many country runners and you can imagine like these people all thin and fit yeah lightweight lightweight and they all needed to go to the bathroom and the next thing you know the next morning because there's ice everywhere there's so many stories but there's ice everywhere <laughs> there's a ring around the house that was just yellow it was just pee from guys and girls ring around the house it was insane that was like it was a crazy experience just to go through in college to have that many people, especially from your sport. Like you don't experience that much because we, we don't get to celebrate that much. So yeah. having that was, was crazy. And then obviously Morgan winning and everything like that, you know, he was the, he was a head hog of, it, it just, it was, it was wild. We watched project X before, which was, you know, it's a good warm up. <laughs> and uh, we went after it and it was just, it was absolutely wild. It was cool. I, re- I really wish more runners could have came and, and enjoyed it. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. The, um, so I don't know the I didn't know the atmosphere of the party, but I know the atmosphere of like the finish stretch, and I've never seen oh, yeah. more um, engaged fans to someone winning a national title. Like yeah. when Morgan came down flying and like outkicked Grant and all them, it was just like everyone is waving these Wisconsin flags, and it was like a sea of red. It was really really cool to see, and I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah, um, I I also think without like obviously I'm biased. I just think without court, like I don't like um, Terre Haute. I know it's a good course. I just don't like it. Because I just don't like it. Anyway, Wisco, Wisco, just the course itself is a good spectator's course. I feel because mm-hmm. you can run around and see everything going on, and that's what people love about track racing. They want to see everything going on. That's why, like Milrose Games, like when we do the Watermaker Mile, like it's just wild because people are screaming at you every step of the way. And I think that's what fans get engaged with, like you said, and that's what people love is to be able to see that kind of kind of reaction. Yeah. The Wisconsin course just. Yeah, as a spectator, as a spectator course, and just as like running it, I do think it's a phenomenal course, and I think you know, for a school to have a cross country course in my eyes is just insane. Like to have like a, a cross country course in your in your own school is, is mad. But I kind of want to move on to like nowadays, like what like what's happening now, and and you know, obviously there was the the cancellation of indoor NCAA's, um, and like I just want to talk a little bit about you know, w- what's your take on you know, Wisconsin aren't granting you a fifth year. Um, I know a lot of schools are doing that. Like, are you, are you thinking about transferring, like, to UNM? <clears throat> are you thinking about going to a D2 school? Are you, like, what, like, what, like, are you going to go professional? Like, what's your thought process in, in this time of, you know, uncertainty, really? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know um, what your plans were, obviously, in your professional um like year going through but like for me i was trying to go home for the trials um which was like literally i was going to fly the day after nationals indoors back to australia and pretty much the day before the meet which i thought like it was kind of wild like if the meet started maybe we would have been able to finish it but we were all like amped up ready to go i was excited and pretty much wisconsin big 10 were the one of the first schools and conferences to pull us out and uh coach burn uh, pulled me aside and pretty much said, you have 15 minutes to decide if you go home or not. Because if you go home, you might not be able to come back and you might lose your F1, which means you might not even graduate. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to miss, like, I've never competed in Olympic trials. I've never made an Australian team. Like, this was, like, a big dream for me as a kid growing up. And I'm thinking, i got to, like, weigh the odds here. And I thought, you know what? It's more important I stay here and I get my degree. Like, I just think if that's – it's going to get that bad, things are going to get suspended and cancelled. And I know it was – really pretty hard and it was just you could see the energy from everyone to shift and it's like i've never felt like that energy shifted in me before just people being very um pretty down and pretty upset with everything going on which is you know 100 percent fair but then you gotta you know assess the issue and, and make sure everyone stays safe so 
we headed back the next day. I didn't go home and much to my parents' uh, dismay. And obviously the, the meet got canceled, like the trials got canceled, Olympics got postponed. And now I'm just running. I'm just enjoying running. Like I, the way the school here operates is that I think Wisconsin makes a lot of money. Like it's pretty fair to say that their basketball and football program makes a lot of money. So the issue with trying to let kids go back to school, go for a fifth year and there's 25 kids, like, to me, that's that's not an expensive thing to do to give kids back that thing. So I'm 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 pretty, I feel pretty disheartened about what they the decision because I know like schools like Iowa, who is also a similar Big Ten school, is actually granting that funding back, especially for students that are full scholarship or international, uh, like myself. So I'm I'm pretty disheartened disheartened about it. But like you know, you can't change things like that. And I spoke to my coach and I thought, you know what, like, what am I going to get out of one last season of outdoor track, like? Do I want to start moving forward towards 2021, which is going to be a big year for everyone, especially in the running world? And I decided, you know what, I'm going to go pro. So I'm hoping to uh, go pro and follow my boy Josh Kerr and David Rubich uh, into, the, into the pro world. And hopefully, um, don't pop my cherry too hard, but you know, just run some good races and, and get after it. And like, I think for me, that's the best decision moving forward because I think going back for a fifth year. Um, going to another just one like one small outdoor um, championship for me I just don't think it's worth it where I could fully live the pro life and get after races that I could probably not get when I'm in college so that's kind of my mindset and that's why I made that decision but would it have changed if Wisconsin offered uh, support yeah maybe um, a lot of Wisconsin athletes Alicia Monson's one of them um, she was kind of in the same boat but now the decision just made much more clearer for us to okay, we don't really want to transfer for once, like one small outdoor season, we'll, we'll take the next step forward. Yeah. I, th I think that makes sense. Um, you know, coming from a guy that's become successful at Wisconsin, successful with your coach, successful with your atmosphere, to then transfer to a new coach, new atmosphere, new program, just for one more semester, you've shown how good you are. Um, I, think that's, I think that's a very good decision. Um, the only problem would be is, you know, not a lot of people have a lot of money right now, no. you know? <laughs> so I'm, I can yeah. imagine you're coming up in, against those kind of situations. How how's that like um, process been? And I'm sure Mick's uh, helping you a lot with with that. Yeah, Mick's been great, and uh, I mean it is it is a tough process like going through when when companies are kind of frozen right now. Um, I mean I am I am talking with with companies, and I have signed uh, with Ray as an agent. Um, and Ray, yep. it's, it's it's a weird thing. I have a thing for Irishmen. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> But I, I apparently like Irishmen, and I like Irishmen taking charge of certain things and, and I like working with them. Um, but, I mean, Ray's been great with me so far. Like, he's been pretty upfront about it. Like, I know a lot of agents would, would beat around the bush and say, no, nah, we can get you something, we can get you something. I mean, I, I definitely rely on me as, as an athlete from what I've done. I'm like, I'll find something, and whatever I can, I can work with it, which I know a lot of, a lot of athletes will do. And I think for me, it's just, yeah, the uncertainty is tough, but we can only work with what we have. And. I think especially all of us right now, and I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are the same, is I just want to play race. I just want to race. Like, if, if I can look after myself and be able to stay in this country, regardless of what, what I get, I just want to be able to race and keep moving. I know a lot of guys probably feel the same. So um, it's been a difficult process, but I've got good people like Mick and, and uh, Ray and even Morgan right now um, kind of giving me that insight of the pro world and, and saying, you know, this is, what, this is what you should expect. So it's been good for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Is Morgan living up there with you right now? Yeah, Morgan's with me right now. He's annoying the crap out of me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets, he, yeah, we, we're, we've been having a lot of fun. Like, um, I, I'm in finals right now, and I just took a final. So he was kind of just waiting and texting me and texting me, can we play? Can we play like Xbox or Battlefront <laughs> or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can play. I got an hour before I, I call, the, call the boys. So, like, we've been hanging out. We've got a good relationship in our training. And I think, I don't know what, what it's like for Brooks Beast, but I know for me and Morgan, like, me being, having that range but maybe more 1500 maybe more 5k we definitely complement each other well which is like you wouldn't think so in training but it, it's quite nice and i don't know if you guys experience that at brooks beast but it's it's nice to have someone in a different event that you can kind of gauge off different strengths and and uh weaknesses in your running yeah i think that i definitely experienced that in college because i, I train with the tankers a lot um just to, just to build strength because i think you know it's so much fun to going up and train with the 10 carriers and then in the five carriers and then go down and train with the eights and, and, and stuff like that, because you can, you can get that range from that side of things. I think because, um, the beasts are really good at 5k, like Dave, yeah. for some reason is running like a million miles a week and closing long runs in like four somethings. 
and that's just not me like training with dave is, is really good and training with henry and isaac and garrett like garrett's yeah. phenomenal um yeah. and then going and getting absolutely freaking dusted by drew and, and kidder down in the a it's like that having that range within your within your group is is, is a great thing um do you think that an ideal situation for you right now is being able to train with Morgan or are you looking at other options? I mean, uh, I mean the ideal situation for me would definitely be to stay with Mick and, and train with Morgan. Like that's to me, just cause you, you have something that works. You have a formula that, that you were have as a runner. And, and for me and Morgan, like we have potential there to, to, to move on. Um, would I be able to stay? I mean, it, it's unlikely just because like it's hard to get that kind of support to be able to be away from a group. Um, and like, if I have to make that move to a group, then that's just what, what happens. But I know like Morgan and I will, will keep in touch and I'll, you know, visit him and run with him. Like, I don't think that's going to stop. And I'll obviously get guidance from my coach, Mick, but like, um, I'm definitely going to have to look at like what options I can do to stay in this country. Because I think like, you know, Josh is like, it's hard to, as an international, there's not much support back home with training and groups. And here it's, it's, you can really reap the rewards of it. So for me, I just want to be able to stay here and, and progress and and i think if the options come i can look at them and assess them and say okay this is the best option for me and it might not be with morgan which is a shame but you know he'll miss me i'll be fine <laughs> we'll, we'll be right we'll be right. yeah yeah i mean technology you guys will be able to facetime and, and get your kisses in at night before bed and stuff so oh, i'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. we, not we'll too worried the, about you we'll do the usual you know post post wank chat of like oh yeah how you doing oh i'm super relaxed you know it's good run, baby. <laughs> Have our little post rank Snapchat group chats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. technology's a wonderful thing in that regards, but yeah, and, and I think like in terms of training groups too, it's almost just like because you and Morgan are like a different events, it's like a free training partner. You know, yeah. like when I'm working out with Josh, like in September when it was just Josh and I working out, like I am gonna race Josh, and I know like if we're um, lining up against each other in a 1500 meter, it's gonna be a race. And we're both going to want to beat each other. But at the end of the day, I'm not fighting Josh for a team ever in any event, yeah. no matter what. And so whether you jump up to the 5K or not, like, do you think you're going to be a, a 1,500-meter guy through and through? Or because you have this cross-country depth to yourself, are you going to explore the options of going a little higher? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think for me, like looking at the Australian team right now, um, it's quite dense in the 5K. We've got some really good yeah, talent. Seriously. Stuart McSwain, like I'm a 13 flat runner. Morgan's probably going to be close to that. I mean, we got Jordan Guzman, who's running pretty fast. Patrick Tienan is still around, kicking, kicking ass. Like, it'd be pretty tough to the competitive 5K. 1500, though, I think I have more of a shot of making the team and being able to perform at the Olympic Games, which is one of my all-time goals. Um, and I think for me, like, I'd love to keep pushing that 1500-meter um, distance. I love it. I really enjoy it. But when I'm older, I, pop, I might move up to a 5K. Like, you never know. It depends on where I am as a runner, but um, I'm definitely not close to that option, that's for sure. I, I, I'm ashamed that I didn't run a 5K. Um, it's weird. I never ran a 5K really fast in, in, in college. I think the only 5K I ran was an indoor 5K at Big Tens for just points. I never really actually went into a 5K race. So for me, I'd love to do that as an experience. But um, I think 1500 for me right now is, is where I want to keep and, and try and progress and, and catch the eye of Athletics Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I really like your corner. You know, I'm a big Ray guy. Yeah. Flint Sports Management. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and like I really like Mick, and I think that you guys are gonna make the right decision when it comes to companies and and distances and stuff. But like when it comes to Australia, like I don't know if it's just recently that you guys have become like super deep. Like Stuart McSwain is his de like his um range is insane as well right now. But yeah. um, do you feel like even going down to the 800 could be a bit weaker? I mean, I definitely feel that. Like, Luke Matthews is one of, another guy that I know is a good mate. Um, close, Very close with Morgan and a couple of the boys. He's one of the – probably one of the best 800-meter guys. Then we got two uh, two boys, Peter Ball and uh, Joseph Dang, who are also mm -hmm. great 800 guys. And, like, the cra yeah, you cra like, crazy thing with Stewie is, like, 331, 1500-meter guy. Like, insane. that's insane. Like, it's just – it's hard to, like, manage how deep Australia is. 800, it looks pretty, uh, pretty right for the taking on who wants it and, like, I mean, I spoke to in Indiana. There's a guy um, from Indiana who's who's an he's an Australian. Well, he's he's got the Australian uh, citizenship. He might look to do that because it, obviously the 800 right now for the US is just stupid. stupid. Yeah. And I mean, for you, Josh, in the 1500, the UK is also stupid good. It just seems like everyone right now is just got a lot of depth here, and 
it's, it's going to bring out the best competitors for sure. But like, it's just a crazy time to be a middle distance runner um, or in a 1500 5k runner in, in those three countries, Australia, UK as a whole and USA. It's just insane. And like, it's cool to see, but like, I could definitely see myself going to the 800 if I could find a good race and, and get it in. Like my PB was almost near two minutes and then I ran at 149 uh, indoors. So like, you know, I, I obviously got to get used to it, but I'd love to do it. But I mean, Honestly, I just want to race you again, Josh. I love racing you. It's a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy it because I feel like we get the best out of each other. And I mean, you know, hopefully we can beat Craig Ingalls one time. We can beat, you know, a couple, couple of USA, couple of the Yankees. You know, it'd be a lot of fun. It will be. It will be. Couple of the Yankees. Well, the thing is about it is like, so I was measuring Neil Gurley uh, recently, who's a, you know, for anyone who's listening, uh, a fantastic, phenomenal British 1500 meter runner. Somehow yeah. he beat me this year. Josh is obviously inside, salty about anybody that beats him ever. Literally no, at Neil, anything. It doesn't even have to be guy. running. It could be basketball. Josh challenged a guy to basketball and lost 21 to 0. And he's been salty <laughs> about it ever since, okay? It so it's not just that. But yeah, Neil Gurley. Neil great. Gurley, Best 1,500-meter um, runner, Great Britain, 2019. In August. Yeah. In uh, August. So anyway, so we were messaging. Um, and we all get along really well, all of the, uh, the UK 1500 guys. And, and I was just like, it's great. So all the 1500 guys in the UK are out in the US right now. Yeah. I'm in New Mexico. In Flagstaff, I think we've got Jake Whiteman, uh, uh, Charlie Grice, Neil Gurley, and then Chris O'Hare is in uh, Oklahoma. I think James West is also in Flagstaff as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, Neil, do you want to just go and race? Like, do you want to just like meet the boys, like a neutral location and just go and race up <laughs> there? And like, I, I feel like, you know, there's plentiful, uh, amazing US, UK, Australian 1500 meters guys right now, just in the US. We should all just race. When I mean, we I, I'd to. be down. I'd be down. We'd have to figure out a, a yeah, neutral, neutral ground, neutral landing place to, yeah. to kind of get that Some going. But, I mean, can, you imagine, can you imagine the hype behind that? I know it would, it would be, it would be so cool. And, and, and to go back to your point of racing each other, like I think some of the best race, I think some of our Azusa races were some of the best races that NCAA in, in NCAA history. And I think it's because, you know, the crowd was phenomenal. Um, you know, the track is fast and it was at night. So it was, it was done very well. And, and like, if you rewatch that race, like come down the home stretch, I like, I could not see a blade, a, a blade of grass. You know what I mean? I was, I was coming down that home stretch and I was like, could not hear anything, couldn't see anything. I was just going straight at it. And, and like to have that kind of atmosphere around a big event like that is, is just so awesome. And, and having all the, all, all the crowd behind it and knowing what's going on and just having a knowledgeable crowd is always fantastic. So, you know, I think when, you know, when you sign with a team and, and we're able to race again, just having some, just some like social media beef, I'll throw some beef at you. Don't worry. And we, we could just hype some races up next year. And I think, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be, we'll go back to Azusa and we'll try again. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like, and when Eugene's all done up and ready to go, we'll have another, another race down there and see how it favors. But no, nah, I think you're 100 percent right. Like, the way the what we have right now and a great, this is a great overall like kind of culture of guys um, to have us racing together and, and pushing each other further. It's just going to create a better atmosphere and a better environment for us to succeed at what we're going to do. So I think that's an awesome like awesome idea. And I know Morgan and I talk about it all the time, wanting to like well, let's just get all the guys together and race. I mean, I I even like post the story as soon as i found out we weren't allowed to like no one was competing in NCAAs. i'm like let's just go to the track right now and run a mile like i'll just get i'll talk to beamish i'll get the guys we'll do it but a lot of them already left but that's definitely like the mentality of a lot of people they just want to race and they want to learn from each other and obviously you know get some scalps yeah there's a few things it's like it's hard too because like the logical thing is like we can't meet as groups you know like that like yeah. we're, we're reminded every single day that we can't be doing those things but the, like the competitive instinct behind all of us is just like Let's just meet at the track, just a few of us, and just let it rip. So you mentioned Eugene. How does it feel to be the last original Hayward Field uh, national champion? Because you're the last national champion to win there. Like that, Hayward Field is yours. Like everything else after that, it's going to be a whole new stadium. So I mean, I, I do, I do savor at that moment, especially seeing Josh's reaction. But I have to admit, like so many amazing races going on, on that track, I feel like it's a bit of everyone's. I can't mm -hmm. claim it all, but I'll claim a large portion of it, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but My like, state championship I mean, just, was there, so. It's crazy. Like, I, I mean, growing up, like, I was a, you know, as a young kid in Australia, kicking around dirt, I was a big fan of pre, and mm -hmm. uh, I always thought, you know, it'd be awesome to compete at that stadium, and I got the opportunity to do it. So, like, on my uh, national championship ring, no flex, 
but <laughs> I got the track town USA like Haywood Field on the ring because like cool. and they asked me why'd you do that and I was like well as a as a distance runner like it was a pretty special experience because they were knocking that down that would never be the same and a lot of guys who got the opportunity to race on that track will will cherish that so yeah it was it was a pretty awesome experience I mean Azusa like for me there's a lot of long straight is, is Azusa long straight short bends I, I th- it must be I it feels so. like it because when we get when we hit the straight it's just like a it just feels like we're running in racing cars just flying <laughs> along but it, yeah it's, they're awesome like there's different tracks and different feelings to it and both those tracks and the way they set them up is just perfect for it they, they set you up to win they set you up to run fast and like that's cool and i miss that so yeah hopefully hopefully we'll get some rematches and we'll get some boys going what's your uh, what's your favorite track you've raced at um oh jeez. uh probably favorite track i raced at i i, I like outdoor track uh or indoor I mean, Armory. Indoor, the Armory, like, for some reason, the Armory is special. But, like, I just I love that idea of, like, being lifted up and then you have people, like, around the sides and on the inside and the stands and everything. Like, the Armory is one of my favorite indoor tracks. I think outdoor tracks, Eugene's pretty special. But I also think I Brian Clay is just yeah. crazy. Brian, Brian Clay, for some reason, like, it's not – you wouldn't think of it as, like, a cool track. But, like, the way they set it up, it makes – it's just the whole vibe. It's awesome. Azusa Pacific is a Division II school, just for reference. Like, you guys are only successful because of a Division II school. Um, you're really so, pushing the Division II, aren't you? You're really, you're really yeah, I'm really trying to sell it. To. I mean, like, you guys are talking about NCAA D1s. You guys are talking about your races. So I just got to plug as much as I can because, you know, you you mentioned you can't wait to race Joshkin. You didn't mention me, but that's okay because I'm 1-0 <laughs> against you. I'm 1-0 <laughs> against you, and we'll leave it there. That We don't got to touch mean, it up. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll race. But like, the thing is, I didn't get many opportunities to race you because you were D2, and unfortunately, <laughs> they don't mix, you know? They don't mix and match. Yeah. And that, that's, um, a, that's a shame because you got good talent there, but, you know, it'd be great to have you in the big boy races. Yeah. You know, don't don't flatter me and insult me. Yeah. Don't, don't tease me, all right? Um, <laughs> the, uh, so you said the Armory. I just thought of this kind of like off the top of my head. So as you know, like last year in 2019, we ran a four by mile and said like the indoor – uh, mile yeah. world record big who flex. would big flex but i feel like australia at this flex. moment yeah i wanted to flex but i also wanted to flex that i feel like australia right now could really knock that out of the park who who would you put on like australia um four by mile uh i'd put Stuart mcswain i'd put yeah. myself i'd put morgan mcdonald and i'd put uh luke matthews i think i think is that Ryan the order Gregson, sorry is that the order <laughs> uh the order actually no it's not the order i'm just trying to think because ryan gregson's also very good but he's he's getting old and he's married and he's you know <laughs> settling down he's enjoying his he's, he's enjoying his uh late later of the career but they're all amazing runners i think i think i'd put myself probably i would put myself third i'd put stewie last because stewie could probably just run after it like we might we'll probably be too far ahead where he can just take off I put myself I'm, I'm gonna, before you before you put your order, I'm gonna put um, Neil Gurley, Jake White, and Chris O'Hare, Josh Kerr as our Scotland four by mile. All right, Why don't we do a four by mile and we have your team versus my team? And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get big boy bragging rights off that one. Jesus, that would that would be an amazing. Bloody hell! If you threw the USA in, that'd be insane. We'd all I think we'd all kill, kill each other by the time it gets to the last leg, <laughs> screaming at each other. Yeah, no, I mean I'd set up I'd set up uh, probably Luke Luke number one. Then I'd put uh, Morgan number two, me number three, and Stewie McSwain number four. So. You clean up his, uh, you clean up Morgan's deficit, like if he uh, got dropped. Oh yeah, by... I need to, I need to clean up after him. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. My job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be a definitely I, a fun race. That's something crazy. I haven't really mentioned to, to the Scottish boys a lot, to be honest. But I think we're all definitely thinking it. I wasn't allowed on the Brooks Beast four by mile because they didn't want to run sub sixteen minutes. Um, but we were going to move on to a new segment that I thought of personally, you know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm a creative probably guy. heard it somewhere else. He's not that original, but he did introduce so it. We're going to ask you a question. It's called one, a- one word answer, and you're not allowed to explain your answer. So we're so, going to ask you a question and you're going to give a very short response to, to it. And, uh, you're not allowed to have any explanation or background to, to the answer that you've given. Uh, Dave, why don't you, <laughs> you want me to kick off this first question? The one, the one that we've got written down right here. Why the don't you one go that first? we got written down, press right off the top. Um, are you going to marry your girlfriend? No. Okay. no. That was Josh. a tough. I, I apologize for that. That was Dave's fault. Uh, the most <laughs> successful athlete of Wisconsin. Oh, I can't say it. Chris Linsky. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, I forgot he went to Wisconsin. Yeah, Stride Report's doing this thing right now where they're like facing off people with each other. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I'm not in it. It's bloody useless. I'm yeah. Still in. No, it's I, I, I got knocked down the first it? round. I'm I got knocked down by a Wisconsin guy, actually. Like Simon Baru or. Simon Baru, yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's very good. He's across yeah. country mostly, though. Like, I think, yeah. But, like, that's a shame. Like, I. I would have been cool to be in, but I don't have the, I don't have the creds. I don't have the creds like like her here. I, I mean, I feel like it's better, the creds. It's better <laughs> to not have mention than like get knocked out in the first round. I feel like honestly, like because yeah. now you can speculate like ah no you know whatever. But I was literally in it and I I'm out, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, who uh who's your biggest running rival? George Kerr. Love it because I said you recently, so I was hoping you'd say <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, will you run the NCAA outdoor record? I'm going to go with no on that no, one because then you just no. went professional. No. Um, who is the most overrated NCAA athlete right now? They aren't easy questions. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um... <laughs> go on. I know you have an answer there. Uh, Jordy Beamish. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I hope he hears this. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was a pretty nuts race, though, to be fair. Um, hey, there's no that. explanations. There's right, no yeah. explanations. I'm keeping my mouth shut. He's going to kill me, but I'm keeping my mouth shut. Um, where, where is the best place to train in the U.S.? San Diego. I'm looking at the last my, one. My I just feel like we, cut, we can cut it here. Have <laughs> <laughs> you watched any of your girlfriend's posts on Instagram? <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. Repeat that. Sorry, I didn't. Why are you not in any of your girlfriend's posts on Instagram was my question. Clout. Clout. <laughs> yeah. Um, not enough. Not enough clout. <laughs> um, nice. That was kind of like, a, I guess, a warm-up section. We haven't done that before. Um, judging by... A warm-up? That was yeah. a warm Yeah, that was a warm-up. Judging by the sweat and the, the ability to answer, um, we're going to get into the banter bowl section. All right, let's go. Um, so... I started off the last section, Josh, you want to take away the first section of the banter bowl and a little background on the banter bowl as well. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast, but typically when it's just Josh and I, we throw shade back and forth to each other. And so the banter bowl honestly is supposed to be like a fun, um, fun atmosphere while it's still a little banterish because what we want to try to accomplish on the podcast is like the side of running that we don't often see because like, as we all know, we get these interviews and we get these questions that are so generic of what did it feel like to win your first NCAA outdoor title? Like, like it's a good question. Yeah. People want to hear that, but we want to bring the side of um, our personalities that aren't necessarily always heard. So yeah. with that said, like we can cut these out if you feel threatened by any of these. No, go, 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 go. Uh, I would yeah, love to, I'd love to do a, also a little bit of background where Dave did a little bit of research into this and may have asked a couple of your old teammates um, some of these, some of a little bit more insight into who Ollie Hoare is. Um, oh, and uh, we'll get into those, I'm sure. But um, so what happened from winning NCAAs to losing to a 410 miler? Like what happened in that period? Uh, a lot of excessive eating. <laughs> a lot of, lot of Uber oh, I've been there, buddy. I've a lot been of Uber there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good thing you bring up eating because we heard um, that you have an obsession with Mountain Dew, Buffalo Wild Wings, and McDonald's um, multiple times a week, potentially. What What's kind of – why? What, what's with that? I'm trying to assimilate into American culture. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, gonna, trying, I'm, gonna I'm trying to be more American. They, 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 people are annoyed. They can't hear me talk. I have slurred speech. I act weird. I wear weird clothing. I'm trying to assimilate. I'm trying to connect with the American way of life, your life. Yeah. You guys left. And also like, you know, I wouldn't mind getting a sponsorship from any of those. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to turn that into a two part too. So, oh, um, <laughs> well actually this could even be a three part because this is just, this is a rabbit hole for you. But one of your friends made a bet that he would give you his car if you didn't eat fast food for a year and you lasted three days. Yeah. What, kind of, what kind of car was it? <laughs> it's a Prius. <laughs> I respect it you eating fast Prius. food early. Oh, it was a Prius, and I didn't last very long, no. Well, that mainly because I, I got tempted really easily, and when there's free delivery fee, you know, you can't, you can't spend <laughs> off the bargain, man. <laughs> no, and I was like, come on, a Prius? Like, I, I can buy one of those later on, maybe when I get 45 years old and, you know, a remedial job, I could probably buy a Prius. 
So this if it was one. Nice Can't be different, I swear. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, a Prius, a Prius will get you there, but it might not get you there very quickly. Um, <laughs> so this one and partly might rattle you. So okay, All right. has a little bit of a. Um, so we were asked to ask you about throwing a champagne bottle off the roof. Yeah. So you guys will probably find this quite funny. I because I'm still living with it. Well, I was a friend. I was a recruit into Wisconsin and they had this top apartment building and they the guys all invited me up there you know hang out with some some people and 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 enjoy have a few drinks and they had champagne there um across from it is this school old school building with a flat roof it's quite lower like it's a pretty easy to make it throwing a bottle onto that roof and that was the thing they used to do they used to throw bottles on the roof they gave me a champagne bottle in my defense it was quite big and heavy I wasn't ready for it I grabbed it and I let it go. And as soon as I let, let go of my hand, I realized, oh, shit, it's not going to make it. I looked. It was embarrassing trying to impress in front of these guys. Morgan McDonald, literally, when he saw it leave my hand, left, went in, closed the veranda and locked it so I couldn't get in. And it hit the side of the building and shattered. And there was police and people down the road. And I'm literally, this is like my second time in the U.S. My second time in the U.S., like a second night. And I throw it on the side of this university building, which I'm supposed to be attending. I'm already vandalizing property. So I'm freaking out. A little like bloody premature, always freaking out. They wouldn't let me in. Bloody, I was locked out of the uh, veranda. Absolute basket case. And that was really embarrassing. And everyone kind of knew me from then as a champagne bottle guy. Until, you know, obviously <laughs> later on. But yeah. Um, so I feel like... Who told is... you that? Who told you that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because, because what I'm going to say is I feel like Wisconsin has the most banterish stories of people. Because like – so first off, when I see like you, uh, Morgan McDonald, and Joe Hardy, it's like the, the combination of guys that look like they haven't showered in a few weeks. So yeah. I'm just questioning like are those stories just like part of the Wisconsin tradition? Like is this just the rapport that Wisconsin has? No, it's not, it's not Wisconsin tradition. It's our tradition, man. Like we, we, definitely, <laughs> we definitely carry that on like – I remember when I first met Joe, I, I literally, you know, I sat down on the couch, wide-eyed kid from, from Sydney, Australia, from a coastal beach town, never been to the Midwest. Joe Hardy comes upstairs completely naked, hairy man, hairy man, good-looking guy, but hairy man. He came up completely naked and just looked at me and he said, yo, you're the recruit? What's up? My name's Joe. He came up and gave me, a, you know, like a high-five hug thing. And ever since then, I thought, you know, that's my guy. I'm, I'm coming here, man. If you're that free with yourself, you know. Yeah, we definitely have that mentality of, of dicking around a lot. And, and yeah, we, we definitely have the mentality of looking like we're homeless. But we enjoy that. We think we think it's an aesthetic of, like, people don't have to worry about what they're doing if they look like us. But, uh, yeah, it's probably not a good vibe for a lot of American freshmen coming in thinking these guys are scary and they look like they're living in <laughs> I wrote in like, "What's up with Wisconsin guys looking homeless?" And we backspace. I'm like, "That might be a little offensive, but you honestly I mean, we, covered we'd it." We probably take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> from my coaches. I ran with Joe Hardy like a month ago. Oh really? Seattle. Yeah, he's in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, I, yeah. I really want to catch up with him. Is he still got the bobcat? Yeah, he does. He's wearing these rim glasses. Kind of looks like a Harry <laughs> Potter. Yeah. He, dude, that guy's got so much, uh, so many great stories. If you ever got to go for a run with him, he's just. He's hilarious. He's a yeah. one-of-a-kind guy. He's got weird stories, man. <laughs> Northwestern. Oh, jeez. So I hope I hope this is definitely a freshman thing. Um, but I heard one of your teammates was able to convince you that the coaches were able to see your credit card statements. That was and a freshman so you used thing. And so you used to pull out cash to buy, like, your fast food and your Mountain Dews and stuff. Was that was, that was a freshman thing? That was a freshman thing. They actually told me that they they, they literally monitored everything I ate in the, uh, in the dorm kind of mess hall. And uh, I freaked out, so I made sure that I withdrew, withdrew enough cash to get myself a soda. Uh, like, give me, pretty much get myself a soft drink or, like, any sort of food that wasn't healthy. I'd, I'd pay for it in cash. And it was such a bad idea because I was taking money out that I could have left in the account and get a discount for because you had a discount with the card. So I was yeah. paying more money for what I, what I wanted to eat, which was bad, which is a good lesson uh, for a lot of freshmen. But for me, you know. It pissed me off, and I believed that till sophomore year when they told me that it wasn't true. And I, yeah. So we, so we'll ask one more banter question um, for you specifically, um, and it's not really banter; it's just kind of like to get you know, get to know you a little bit better. Maybe some of our viewers also love to eat fast food. So we had a guy on the team last year, Dylan Maggard, similar boat, right? He loved fast food, McDonald's all the way, right? So what's Hell your yeah. go-to order? Like, if you were to just walk in and say this is, this is the Ollie order, what is it? At, at McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, probably a twenty piece, twenty piece nugs, first and foremost. 
And then I'd probably do um, a large Big Mac meal and get a chocolate shake. Yeah, that would be that'd be that'd be it. And I'd eat that, and then I'd probably go, okay, I might have some toast. Vegemite toast. <laughs> Vegemite, you that Aussie's coming out of you, mate. Yeah. Vegemite. Vegemite toast. Everyone hates it here. Do you have you, do you have Marmite back in the UK? Right? Yeah, we have Marmite. I, to be honest, like it, I've never tried it, so I can't sit here and judge it. But I know Vegemite is very much an Australian thing. I've only heard Aussies talk yeah. about that. I don't know Vegemite. what Vegemite is. Vegemite's yeah, great. It, it, every every American here, well, especially a lot of the guys here, I've, I've tried to get them to try it. They hate it. And I tried to get them to try with a bit of a, avocado or a bit of cheese just to like break it in, but they all hate it. And I was just like, this is my freaking. You know, culture, people people have a go at, at Australians are having culture. That's my culture right there. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it, Vegemite. But uh, yeah, no, that would be my uh, my meal order. Um. So typically at the end of the episode, we ask the the guest to also throw any banter that he's developed. Um. So if you have any banter questions, um, this is a really great time for you to be able to to sling your shot. Um, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. So, and, and, there, and there's no limits. Like the more red Josh gets and the more he stress drinks, um, the better, um, which won't be that difficult, but yeah, you can, you can go ahead and, and take away if you have any. All right. Can I start with you? Love uh, that. yeah. Love so, that. I'll back you like, up. Dude. Obviously like I don't, obviously as an Australian, I'm a bit naive about division one, division two schools. Why did you go to a D2 school out of curiosity? Because you couldn't uh, make a D1 school. Hey, Josh, is this my answer? Or is this sorry, your answer, my guy? Sorry, I'll, I'll, answer, I'll answer the question for Josh. So when you ask why um, Josh sucks, just go, go to me and I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, no, in, in all honesty, I wasn't good enough out of high school. Like when you said you ran two flat to 149, like my high school um, 800 time was 204, right? Oh. And so um, the only Division One school to talk to me lost my contact information in the two-week period that they were going to call me back. Shout them out again there, Dave. Yeah, so um, shout out shout out University of Portland. So oh. um, other than that, like I had zero conversation with any Division One school just because I wasn't good enough. Like yeah, I went to a super small you school. Obviously, you obviously developed. Yeah, did I? Well, you never thought of like, oh, let's set up step it up to the big boy categories and transfer, or you had too much relation, <laughs> like, no, because I'm just thinking like you you were doing well. I just don't. Yeah. Were you trying to just like, oh, to be D two, you know, I can just I can crank all these these guys out. You don't want to so see me and Josh next to you. Yeah, no, so it wasn't the superiority complex like Josh has where he feels like he has to just, like, be better than people. It was more so for me that, like, at a Division two school, so, like, my junior year, I get ninth at USA's in the final. And, like, that was, like, a turning point where my collegiate coach was like, are you going to transfer out? And I'm like, no. And the main reason was is I started getting notoriety and kind of, like – this rapport with other athletes that are like, Hey, I'm from a division two school. I'm from an NAI school. Like what you're doing is really phenomenal. And like, you inspire me yeah. to do this. I'm like, if I were to go against that and like small school, big dreams, plug bite on Amazon. <sighs> so if, <laughs> like, if, if like I were to kind of go and transfer out of that, I would have gone against everything that I've kind of yeah. stood for in the little yeah. guy with a chip on my shoulder. So yeah, yeah there's never a question because like once I beat you at like Azusa Pacific and once like Josh <laughs> got, by you i just knew like i'm already the best in the country so i don't need to go to division one to prove that yeah definitely i mean like one one race definitely does say it all doesn't it Josh? yeah one race, race i'm a one one race pony you know that, that's it <laughs> one race right, one to um, david rivich this, this is another similar type of question to, to josh um why why'd you leave why'd you leave why'd you go pro um because you obviously had a bit of school left you didn't want to race me you didn't want to keep going you didn't want to see if oh, ollie i can i can kick your ass next time let's go or you a bit you know what we'll say, like, what we'll say is, um, <laughs> he's asking if he wasn't expecting the L. I will say, wasn't expecting the L. Was expecting to sign that year, to be fair. Okay. But, uh, um, tough, huh? Uh, so. <laughs> You're not good under pressure, dude. You're going into your last collegiate race and you lose. So you can't lose this moment right now. This is your moment to kind of recapture yourself. Don't, don't crack under pressure, Joss. And answer the question. So I could still be in university now. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, I wanted to make that next step in my career, you know, to move on to bigger and better things, you know, more Ollie whores. There's Ollie whores everywhere, man. There's, there's, there's so many more Ollie whores in the professional scene. So that, I was what, like, that's what, that's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> what I will no. say, is Dave, Dave, Dave signed like a week before I signed to the Brooks Beast and I was like, I'm sold. That's it. Yeah. That's, oh, that's it. Dave, you, need, you need to follow Dave. What do you like? He can't. He can't let up that opportunity. But how's that? <laughs> how's that? Like, just a, a, a serious question for you guys, because I am. I'm generally curious. Like, obviously, you're still in school, and you guys transitioned to that pro life. Like, how was that for you? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Like, challenging process of your life, or were you like, this is like the dream? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm cruising. 
Because I'm so, just curious. Yeah, no, I think the big, the biggest thing is having the right people in your corner. And it does sound like you have that right now. Um, not having the right people in your corner makes it the hardest thing ever. And the biggest thing, if you had done NCAA indoors and then NCAA outdoors and then said, hey, I'm going to go professional, quickly sign with an agent and then sign with a with, with a brand because they won't give you like months and months to decide. They'll give you a, a certain amount of days to be like, hey, this is a contract. You either sign it or you don't. Um, so you don't shop yourself around as much. Yeah. Um, if you don't pick the correct people within that process, your following months will be very, very difficult. Um, and you know, it's, we get, it's a very stressful atmosphere because you have, you know, all these decisions to make and they're super quick decisions. And a lot of people are, you know, a lot of brands and a lot of agents and stuff like that might not be telling you the whole truth. So it's very difficult to kind of wade through all that bullshit and kind of be like, okay, this is what I want. This is the big things that are going to tick my boxes and allow me to be successful. Being able to be with Mick, uh, your your current college coach, is is a phenomenal thing to to have you know him by your side and and kind of make those decisions with you. And you know having Morgan already gone through this is is going to be a massive help. But you know I think that's a very underrated thing um, when you're coming out. And unless you're you know Grant Holloway, Sydney McLaughlin, it's it's very very difficult to kind of wade through the bullshit. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is difficult. And I was still in school um, when I came out and I'm still in school now. Um, but, you know, it's it's just part about, you know, your parents are, um, probably are going to be a massive help. Your, you know, your your coach, your, your new agent is going to be a massive help to kind of make sure that you're putting yourself in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm going to progress. And that's what it is, is progressing every year and you're going to be a better athlete at the end of the year. So, And, and I think this for you too, um, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, may be like a blessing in disguise because as Josh was saying, like when the process from my like last NCAA meet to my first USA meet as a professional was probably one of the most stressful times of my life because I had to A, sign an agent, um, B, sign a contract with a deadline, graduate, finish finals, and do all these things in this two-week period that I don't yeah. think um, athletes get enough credit for and I don't think athletes take account how mentally taxing that is on their bodies. And, and just like, cause I went to Europe like right after that and I had like good races, but it was relatively tossed. And so um, I think this for you, being able to have the people in your corner and really be able to have this be a process for you um, might work out in the long run better because you won't make any rash decisions. And it already sounds like you've made all the right decisions in terms of who you're working with, what, what your process is right now. And so um, I, th- I think it's a good step for you. And, and then for me personally, um, the I would say the whole year transition of last year was pretty tough because I didn't go to that a, a Division One school. Like I credit yeah. Division Two for a lot of things, but what I don't credit Division Two for was I was not prepared for the jump from Division Two to professional. You yeah. know, like that was so big, and like having working out with um, global finalists, global medalists day in and day out and then going to on the start line like I as, don't wave Josh you weren't a global medalist yet. <laughs> I made you I made you Josh so <laughs> it, it was a big transition and so like like you being in a comfortable environment right now I think is going to help smooth that over and so yeah and no, yeah that's definitely yeah. like I, I yeah I, I appreciate you guys uh giving me that information I mean I think it's definitely a process that you have to get all the information you can possibly get um and take it the best way you can for your own kind of person to push through it in that pro group. Cause I can imagine it's just a stressful time. A lot of options that seem enticing, but it's just, you know, making sure that you think, okay, this will actually, you know, benefit me or work for me. So no, I appreciate that. You're still in school, Josh. I'm doing my MBA right now. Yeah. Really? That's awesome. Are you still? Have you started there? your MBA? I'm not in school. No, I, I try to do the four year plan. And then like, if I want to get an MBA, I'll do it in two years instead of six, like what Josh is doing. So, so I'm an undergrad in three years, yeah, and then I did my first year of my MBA in my fourth year, which is my first year as a professional, and I took a year off school to work for the Olympics, and that went really well, um, and now I'm back in school because the Olympics <laughs> got postponed. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and to kind of finish that, that point, um, I had a fantastic point that I'm kind of waiting around for, and we'll Grad probably student. edit this out. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's – why have I forgotten this point? It was a phenomenal point. <laughs> Dave, what was it I was talking good, about? So good that you forgot it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, I, what I will say is to finish the kind of finish this side of the episode, and um, the best piece of advice that I got was get the contracts that are offered to you, print them all out, put them in front of you, 
where you have all the physical copies of your of, of the contracts you have uh, and read them and, and put them up against each other and, and write pros and cons and then select the right contract because that's the only way you can do it where you have contracts that are in front of you that you can look at and yeah. you can read all the clauses and you can read all the gear, gear stipends and all the travel stipends and all the uh, you know, physio and tr all that stuff. So I think that was the best piece of advice I got was like, get all the contracts in front of you, all the physical contracts, not the ones that like, Oh, you know, such company is going to offer you this amount of money rather yeah. than, you know, having it and having the whole thing that you would have to sign and, and then just go from there. And I think that's the best, the best piece of advice I, I ever got from, from that professional, um, process, but Didn't I yes, give my you MBA that? is going very well. Thank you. Huh? Didn't I give you that advice. Wasn't that my advice? David, that's enough from you. But yeah, my video is going very well, uh, but don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any more banterable questions that you wanted to cover? Um, I think my I think my my uh, overall question with Brooks Beast is like, um, what makes you guys beasts? Like, I'm trying to think about the beasts. Like, think I, about I, think about how big uh how big other professional teams are and then think about drew window henry Wynn, isaac yorks josh Kerr, not david rubich yeah I, I think i think the like nick simmons i would consider that guy a beast you know like right, i think i think the average <laughs> height of our, our people are like six one six two just very tall people um just okay. beast, dude. yeah we're well, just you guys, beasts. You, guys, you, guys are, you guys are big boys you're corn fed yeah yeah big yeah big yeah exactly yeah we're, we're we're pretty stocky individuals um Honestly, the alliteration was a bit of a turnoff coming out when I was like, Brooks Beast, it just kind of uh, sounds funny. You know, I wasn't a big fan of it, but yeah, I, I think it's just a... Uh, sounds like a type of Angus beef sandwich that's selling McDonald's, but like, <laughs> I mean... Like, Angus I, beef I, comes from Scotland. Oh, there you go. Well, that, that's, there's a connection there, but I, and I, <laughs> I think it's sweet. I think, I think groups that have names like that kind of definitely stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and then, but you guys are copying. You guys aren't copying Tim and Elite. I'm just making that clear. I, I just want to make that clarification. You guys aren't copying Tim and Elite at all. We were no. way before that. We're, we're yeah, way, we're way before, before that. I mean, do our followers five times less than what they have? Yes. Over our social media presence is five times less than what they have. But we're not copying them by any means. No. Um, no. no. Shout no. out Tim and Elite. Shout out Tin Man Elite. Um, Shout out to Elite. Are you not going Tin Man, Ollie? I, I, we heard a, a rumor. I don't, that think, I don't think I'm cool enough. I don't think I have the long hair or the earrings to support off. To be <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, they, they seem got a pretty good organic thing going there. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I don't. I haven't heard anything from them. I don't know if, if they know of me, but they're pretty high. Well, what we had Drew on as our last, our last guest, and, and I think his – like thing is, you know, he I think he makes the final decision of who gets him and Parsons, I think, made the final decision of who gets in there. Yeah. I think you just have to be ballsy and just drive up there and be like, Look, this is the team I want to be in and if you want to be in there, then I'm sure they'll they'll accept you. But they are a phenomenal team, I will say, and, and their media presence is, is pretty insane. So Very if you impressive. want to be followers, yeah. get over there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, yeah, you'll I, have to I, sell I your house, sell your car, be single and just go move everything to Boulder and then you're on the team. That's I think how have to bring up the girlfriend thing right at the end. Just to always have to bring up the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always, always. Um, you guys so, have to have a big book space, right? You guys get to keep your girlfriends, right? Yeah, we get to keep our girlfriends when we sign it. <laughs> yeah, like my girlfriend's right here. Josh doesn't pay rent and lives with his girlfriend. So he's in a perfect world. Wait, you don't pay rent you live with your girlfriend? You're not living the dream, my son. Jeez. Mate, yeah. it's best life. And she, get this, get this though. She's in medical school. And he's on a contract, but he doesn't pay rent. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you need to know, I don't know how you've done it, Josh. I don't know how you've done it. That's got yeah. his charm. It's gonna wear off one day, hasn't it? Jeez. It'll wear off. I'll send you. I'll send you some advice soon enough. But... Yeah, I might need it. I, I probably need it now. Jeez. Now. <laughs> um. So at the end of the episode, we let the guest name the episode. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna say three, two, one, and then what? The first thing that comes to your mind. That's the name of the episode. That's what we'll post. Hopefully, it's appropriate. I got um, I got a, I got a good one. Okay. Cool. All right. I think um, heartbreak core versus four by one mile against Kerr, uh, Scots versus Australians. Okay. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll so make like, it work. Yeah. So like, pretty much, I think the highlight is that you guys brought up my previous relationship, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> and then we should definitely do the four by mile relay. Maybe okay. chuck in some uh, D2 Americans in there and get it going, you know? Get it, get it, get it nice and nice and saucy. Yeah. Did uh? So is that the name of the episode? That whole thing? What you just rambled? Do you want to say three, two, one, and then just say one? <laughs> yeah, of those? sorry. Rambling, rambling is a traditional thing. It's a cultural no, thing. Um, it's awesome, and we get it. Uh, All right. Ready? I'm gonna say uh, three, two, one. 
three, okay. two, one. Heartbreak Hall versus Josh Kerr for the Australian v Scottish four by one mile. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. That's going to be the footnote on the end of this episode. And Ollie Hoare goes professional. Yeah. Cool. That's it, pretty much. Yeah. I'll be yeah. joining the big. I'm joining the big boys now. Yeah, good. Big boy. Finally, I'm them now. about time. Yeah, about time. Yeah, I, t- I took my time. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slow, I'm a slow grower. I don't need to hear anymore. We need to stop this recording. It's after after hours and too dark uh, for our PG listening. Be so. until David by that one, son. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, we hope it's been a good time, and uh, just refer us to your friends. Let your mom and dad know. Well, or not. Um, oh yeah, I'll t- I'll tell all my friends back in Australia. They'll love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they really so, nice. Thank again, you so much yeah. for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, a slow, right. meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's got to go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Ribbage. Josh Kerr. David Ribbage. Josh Kerr's for Begin real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbage.